Welcome. This is the 2006 year-end special of the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. Hello and welcome to the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. This is your host, Stephen Avella, president of the New England Skeptical Society, and this is our 2006 Year in Review special episode. Joining me this evening, we have the full complement of Skeptical Rose, Bob Novella. Hey, everybody. Rebecca Watson. Happy New Year. Evan Bernstein. Yes, everyone. Hello. Jay Novella. Hey, guys. And Perry DeAngelis. May all the acquaintance be forget. Go ahead. <laughs> Thanks for joining me, everyone. <laughs> My Thank pleasure. Thank you, Steve. A pleasure hey. to be here. So this is our uh, special End episode of the year. to close out 2006. <laughs> this has been a great year for the Skeptics Guide, and we'd like to start off by thanking all of our wonderful listeners out there, because obviously we are nothing without all, all of you guys. All 10,000 of them? That's so right. right. <laughs> guys, we love the emails, and we love the uh, posts on the bulletin board. Definitely worth it. Thank you very much. Definitely the show has been made this year by all of the, the tremendous emails that we get. Uh, we've had a very vibrant message board. A lot of good things happened this year. I took the the uh, liberty of jotting down some milestones. As Rebecca just said, we uh, have peaked over the psychological 10,000 download barrier. Five figures. We actually have our, our most downloaded episode was the uh, November 1st episode where we interviewed Richard Wiseman. It was a great interview. Oh, yeah. We yep. and currently stand at 10,122 downloads. We are on Yay. our way to 20,000. Yep. Yeah. We have a, cu a couple of uh, <laughs> episodes have peaked over 10,000. We have an active audience of over 9,000, but that's you know, there's a little bit of variability in there. But the most downloads of, uh, of a single episode is over 10,000. We began the year, we began 2006 at about 900 listeners. So we've had a wow. tenfold increase wow. in our listenership. And on a five-star scale, the... The vast majority of our reviews on iTunes are five stars. Yeah, four, we're at four the and a half. Majority. Yeah. We're consistently in the top ten on iTunes science that's right. podcasts. That's, we, that's right. That's we started – two thousand. actually, when we started 2006, if you can believe it, we weren't even listed on iTunes. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I, I read back over our correspondence at the beginning of the year just to get a sense of where things were then, and we were clueless. I mean, we really <laughs> – I mean, it seems like – Were. We, well <laughs> – <laughs> For those of you who know anything about podcasting, I mean, iTunes is the show. I mean, that's where most podcasts are downloaded. That's the most right popular, now. by Absolutely. far, that's the most popular aggregator. You're, it's just hard to get any traction without being you know, prominent on, on iTunes, and, and we, we just you know, didn't really appreciate that. <laughs> well, things didn't really start to happen until when Rebecca joined the show and, you know, Steve and I decided to go forward with the website. We, we were in a mad rush to get that done. Yes. And everything yeah. came together right around that, that time, and that's really when things started to take off. Yeah, the beginning of the year is really – so at that point, we were still just working off the Nest website. The Skeptics Guide did not have its own URL or website. We really didn't have the website together at all. We were not on iTunes. We were not and on a lot of aggregators. really didn't have me. And we, had, no, we did not and have we did, Rebecca. We were pre-Rebecca. We were Rebecca-less at that time. Yeah. We call that the peaceful time. <laughs> PR. So peaceful oh, because you didn't have any of those, those noisy listeners bothering you <laughs> with but, their emails and their marriage proposals. <laughs> so a lot of good things happened right around the same time, and it's really worked out well for us. And then they did. They did. In the middle of the year, 
year, uh, the other, I think, really uh, momentous thing that happened is that James Randi joined our podcast with a, a weekly contribution, Randi Speaks, and a, a affiliation with the, the James Randi Educational Was that Foundation. really the middle of the year? Was that August? August? It was August. August. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. Close to the middle. Yeah, so a lot of good things happened this year. And I think well, Having these... Randi on the show, talk about it having an awesome thing. I mean, Randi is the man. He's the man. He is. Randy is a legendary man. figure, that is for sure. I've expressed this to him personally many times, but you know, we, we probably have not said it enough on the show that we are all, you know, ecstatic and delighted to uh, to have Randy's contributions to our humble podcast. Uh, it definitely has helped propel us over the ten thousand mark. No question. Absolutely. Oh yeah, his Absolutely. stories are great. I love it when he just talks about the crazy things that he's done or whatever. Uh, I mean, yeah, his old Johnny Carson appearances. I mean, those are it's, it's gold. It's his breadth great. of experience is huge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the guy could talk for months. You know? he, he's fun to listen to. I didn't know that he um, he did a gig with Alice Cooper. You guys remember that? Yeah, I yeah. did. I read about that? that. Yep. A very good over a very good overview of James Randi's life and career is uh, is on Wikipedia. Uh, I even learned some recent stuff there, so go there at some point and read up about him and some of the things he's done in the past. It's a it's, uh, it's very, very good reading. There's one sort of pseudo-news item I wanted to talk about this week. Did, has everyone had a chance to look at Time Magazine's Person of the Year? Mm. That's what I was yeah, alluding yes. to before. Oh, you. Oh. <laughs> oh, God, I'm afraid to hear it. Who it's is it? It's you. It's you, Jay. No, it's me. You. It's all of us. Pretty sure it's me. It's uh, it is. They did mention Rebecca Watson by name. <laughs> Rebecca Watson. Thank you. Uh, the the person of the year is literally you, meaning everyone who has contributed content to the the World Wide Web. It's a silly little gimmick, you know. To the interwebby thingy is Rebecca. That's the best they can come up with. <laughs> it's just a fad. Cop out. It doesn't have legs. <laughs> you know, it's 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 had a very lukewarm. Uh, reception. I kind of see where they were going with it. I do think that we are in the midst of a new era on the web where the production of content for the for the web it just exploded this year. And podcasts yeah. were specifically mentioned, which is why I'm talking about this, because we were one of the people you know contributing to uh, this content explosion on the internet. I, I, I agree that this this is this definitely was a shift this year, and it does deserve some kind of recognition. Yeah, but man of the year? Person, person, person of the year. Bob, person of sorry. the year. Do you guys know who came in number two? Who their second choice <laughs> We're was? We're no Hitler, but... Yeah, yeah, but that would do when I ran. Adolf Ahmadinejad. Ahmadinejad, yeah. Did wonderful things like host a Holocaust denial conference. <laughs> so, I mean, it certainly had a lot of influence this year. I mean, I think... Hopefully it'll be much reduced next year. We had a lot of uh, great guests this year. I actually took the liberty of writing down... Every guest we had this year in order of appearance. And I'm going to read You're not going to read them, are you? I'm going to read them really quick. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to run on. through the names. Ready? Ready. Okay. J- James Randi, Eric Altman, Tara Smith, Terrence Hines, Rebecca Watson, Rick Ross, Marilyn Schlitz, Brian Trent, Eugenie Scott, Ray Hyman, James Randi again, Phil Plate, Zachary Moore, Steve Mursky, Gerald Posner, Neil Adams, Bill Bonetta, Steve Solano, Ken Fader, Larry Sarner, Kimball Atwood, Joe Nickel, Michael Shermer, Stuart Weiss, Michael Stebbins, Richard Wiseman, Seth Shostak, Mark Chrislip, Ken McLeod, and Alan Wallace. Quite a list. Most of them luminaries of science and reason. Most, Most of them, <laughs> yes. And a couple of, well, couple of, uh, couple of other people. I like the I, fact that occasionally we interview people with a different perspective on things. I of think course. It, uh, Definitely. I think it's important. It, yeah, it, it's, it's very it's important. important. They, those episodes, those interviews get the most 
listener response by far. Oh, Bo- yeah. On both sides, I mean, which yeah. is fine. That that you know, both people who think that they were painful and had to fast forward past them, but also people just were absolutely mesmerized and fascinated by them. So, you know, the Neil Adams interview was like a landmark interview for us in a way because it it basically. <laughs> it's like it was like a paradigm shift, you know. It's like all of a sudden, I think our listeners had to listen differently. It wasn't a relaxed listening. It was like a I have to pay attention and you know see where this guy's going wrong and fight yes. through it like yeah. we do. Right. right. I think it's a, it's a good experience. We had Marilyn Schlitz on just before him, but his was definitely more aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. He was a serious, a serious loon. Let's face it. Of course, we plan to have an equally good lineup next year. There's a lot of people on my list who just were not able to find the time or whatever, who who have promised to come on but who haven't come on yet. So I think that we'll have an equally impressive list next year, if not better. And maybe a few repeats. Yeah, definitely we have to bring back a few of the most popular guys. We've actually started to get very recently, towards the end of the year here, I think we've had uh, an uptick in our hate mail, which is good. Which you know means we're we're getting beyond yeah, not, the, yeah, not from, the from, from one to quiet. three. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> we haven't gotten nearly as much hate mail as I've I've received through my site. Through your I've blog, noticed. yeah. No, we will, we will give it a little time. <laughs> I, I think it's a good sign. I think it's a good sign. It's a sh- it's a sign well, yeah, of our I mean, it's a sign of our expanson. That's for sure. Reaching yeah. a wider audience for sure. It yeah, but that, yeah, towards that we're, we're we're reaching people and we're motivating people who are not skeptics. To, to write emotionally and vehemently against us. Right. Right, which is good. Apathy is far worse than hate mail. Hate mail is good. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Quite. So in preparation for our wrap-up episode, we, we posted a survey on our message board and encouraged our um, frequent message board contributors to tell us some, some of their, their uh, likings and reminiscences about our podcast this year. So let's, let's go through them. And even though we're going through it now, if you haven't responded, you can still go on there and and do it because I enjoy reading the responses to these. Yeah, definitely. First one, first question we asked was, what was your favorite remark made on the show, Uh, either just in general or by any specific panelist? I I got a lot of mentions. I'll I'll just note that. (laughs) So here are some of the responses from Steve. We're just so damn excited. <laughs> that is yeah. good. <laughs> That's uh, his, uh, Bob, he quotes you on that. He does. Bob, we should just put billions of dollars into this. Yeah. That's a, that's a classic Bob quote. <laughs> said in every other episode. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca said, but Steve, we don't have time to test our theory. The world is in peril. <laughs> I remember that quote. That was a funny one. I don't remember that one. It's good. And Perry, we all know what Perry's most memorable quote is. I believe that's um, something about birds and monkeys, right? I have monkeys in my pants. Oh, Oh, right. I have monkeys in my pants. Uh, Steve, in line line with that, this isn't a quote. This is not a quote made by a panelist, but this is a quote made about Perry that I just loved. Uh, Alex Batten sent in, uh, I believe it was was an email. He said, um, Perry is like a dark flower that withers all it comes in contact with. (laughs) I thought that was beautiful. I have a great Perry quote. Uh, would, any any monkey worth his salt would give any bird a beak flip. I have a Perry quote too, actually. Um, he said the number in in response to the fact that leg- vegetarians live longer. 
Um, he said the number of years Rebecca will live is directly proportional to the horror of her life. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I remember that. Now it's good. Uh, all, all, all dripping with sound wisdom. The, this following ca- comment of Rebecca to Perry got a few mentions. Uh, Perry was was asking about how he could tell from his hand whether or not he was a homosexual, and Rebecca's response is, well, are you holding a penis? <laughs> uh, that's true. I set her up golden for that one. Yeah, it was, was a good setup. It was a very good response, yeah. very humorous. Jay, your, your, your most cited quote was, all right, bring on the bacon, I'll eat it. Okay. <laughs> you know, I had forgotten about that yeah, until... <laughs> Until yeah. I read that, that was hysterical. How did and that the whole bacon thing get started? It was, it was because, like, the very science first or fiction science or fiction I think I did with you guys. It was about the, the, healthy the, bacon with omega three. Yeah. Yeah, healthy yeah. bacon, oh, and, okay. and, and Jay said if that one was true, he would eat fifty pounds of the no, bacon. No, I said ten pounds. That's ten pounds. <laughs> and I still will eat it. Come on. Bring and I on. totally knew that it was true because I just read the article that day. <laughs> I got right, him into right, it. Right. <laughs> Cheated. And then the next week you did it again. There was something that you were absolutely sure was false and I was absolutely sure it was true. And you you bet more bacon. Yeah. So, so shocked. <laughs> you have a lot of bacon to eat. I I'm so glad we were reminded. When it comes of that. out. When it comes out. We're, we're, we're monitoring this. We're yeah. not past the FDA yet. You know, if I eat all that bacon, my IQ is gonna go down. <laughs> that's impossible, Jay. One of my favorite uh, <laughs> Rebecca quotes, which is, which was noted by a couple of our listeners, was, "I won't mate with any of the true believers." Yeah. <laughs> uh, Evan was mentioned for, "We'll break out the poetry at another time in the future." Oh God! Still waiting. He said, "Still waiting for still waiting. Break into, Thank uh, into rap. You got to start <laughs> rapping your poetry corner. Yeah. Rapping. Uh, <laughs> all right. We'll, we'll see what 2007 brings. Lay down yeah. a funky beat. <laughs> Jay, you'll help me with that, right? Absolutely. I have, you know, a uh, Bob quote, which was a very recent and uh, somewhat controversial quote that Bob gave us a couple episodes Uh-oh. ago. Where he oh, no. said that guy's dance card is going to be full if he goes to prison. <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, right. Come on, referring to Ken Hoven. Ken Hoven, yeah, mentioned. yeah. And Jay, you got another mention for your uh, oft-quoted comment of, "Oh yeah, oh yeah." <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a good comeback. Response. It's a good comeback. <laughs> what, what was his response <laughs> to that question? Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. That's the weakest <laughs> comeback in the history of mankind. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> And actually, Jay also got noted for his rant about the infants being sent on oh, long yeah. Uh, space. Yeah, seeding the universe with that still that still gives me freaking nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes when Jay goes on a rant, those are it's not just sometimes; those are always good times. <laughs> yeah, Jay's rant. Sometimes when I'm doing it and I'm like halfway through, and I can feel myself like going on and on and I'm like they must want me to oh, yeah. shut up shut up <laughs> <laughs> and then Tom Cruise got into it <laughs> oh god I hate that bastard <laughs> <laughs> I've got a good one this one uh, Bob was talking about that guy Wang Wu Suck that did the stem cell research yes that he lied about it and uh, and Bob goes yeah and can you believe it he was honored as like the research uh, leader of the year in 2005 and then Perry goes if you if you just make stuff up and lie, it's very easy to be spectacular. And I just love the <laughs> total disdain one. in his voice. 
Uh, episode yes. 35, if you want to hear that, by the way. <laughs> I don't recall it, but I'm sure it was something. <laughs> Very pithy, Mr. D'Angelo. <laughs> well, we also asked our listeners who the most who they thought the most entertaining guest was, and I just listed all the guests uh, so you can have them fresh in your mind. And there were a lot of different comments. Uh, Mark Chrislip got noted. Did you say the most interesting guest the or most the most entertaining guest? Most entertaining. Most entertaining, most entertaining, entertaining I think, is this. Phil Plate got a... Crap load of folks. Oh, absolutely. Phil's awesome. A lot of people like Phil Plate. Yeah, he's like a hometown favorite. My favorite yeah. guest of the year was Steve Mursky. Steve Mursky is a great guy. Yeah. Steve is good. You, you know who I enjoy a lot? Just listening to them. Uh, Ken Fader and Terrence yeah. Hines are, are just a blast. Can't, I can't get enough of Ken Fader. Joe Nickel got a mention. He was He's a great guy, too. My most entertaining was Richard Wiseman. He, he just makes yeah. me giggle a lot. Yeah. I had trouble picking who my most entertaining though was because you know I love Phil of course too, and also because a lot of times we we cut out the the dirtiest bits, <laughs> and and those are often the the things I find most entertaining. So <laughs> I can never be sure what made it to air. Yeah, so. yeah. You should hear our well, blooper. Well, you should well, hear our blooper reel, folks. So. Yeah, one day you might be able to you know buy that for nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, you have to show ID at the too counter for the show. Definitely. <laughs> Steve, who who is your favorite? Skeptics gone wild. I'll tell you in a second, but I just wanted to note that one listener noted that his fa- most entertaining guest was Bill Nye, whom we've never had on the show. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but the dream of it was fantastic. He, he's on our list. But he's on the list. Yep. Haven't made it yet. Mine, uh, obviously, all the all the guests that we've talked about were great, but I think the one that is sort of like the stealth great guest was Gerald pa- Posner. Mm. He was. Yep. He is a very smooth guy to listen to, very smart, very well-spoken. Yeah. Uh, it was really the easiest... Highly informed about his subject matter. He gets my personal award for the easiest interview to edit afterwards. Uh-huh. It was, does that come with a little trophy, Steve? It does. It was slick. Very slick. <laughs> he's a pro. I mean, he's... And what was, the, what was that guy, Weissman? Who was the uh, that English guy, Rebecca, you just Yeah, Weissman. Richard yeah, he, he was good. he was great. He was very yeah. very lively. Yeah, very, he was a cool uh, dude. I liked him. Very very friendly. Off the air, we had him imitate an American accent. It was so funny. <laughs> oh, oh. He was terrible. It was, it was awful. really bad. It was, awful. It was funny. <laughs> Steve, funny. did any of that conversation get get on when we, I asked him about uh, <laughs> the English accent bit and all that stuff? No. Oh, God. oh dear lord, no. <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, we had, the listeners we, missed an awesome bit. They did. Uh, <laughs> they really didn't. Go we on. also we also asked our listeners who the worst interviewee yeah. was. Oh boy! The answers were pretty much split between Alan Wallace and Neil Adams. Yeah, and uh, one one listener brought up a good point, which was, do do you mean worst in the most crazy or the the least entertaining? Right. And, and and I think it went Adams and. Uh, Wallace, respectively. Did Bigfoot Boy right. get mentioned? No. Yeah. No, and Mar- Marilyn Schlitz. That guy was nice. He, he was, was a nice, nice. guy. He was, he was interesting. I, he wasn't off his rocker. It was obvious that a lot of his answers were, you know, well thought out. He was okay. Well yeah, he wasn't crazy. He's not yeah. crazy. That if guy wasn't wrong. crazy. <laughs> Neil Adams yeah. is crazy. <laughs> but but Neil not only that, not, not, it's not only the fact that, that Neil was spewing some weird stuff. 
it was, he was very frustrating to interview because yeah. you, would, you would ask him a question and he would go off and we could not interject. I remember at the end of that interview thinking, that interview sucked yeah. because it was yeah. so frustrating. This guy would just go on and on and we just couldn't get anything in. It felt it like full we shadows of the Gish Gallup, these guys, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. But that Wallet, I mean, he, he was the worst. He kept calling us unskeptical. Yeah. He kept name dropping. He, I mean, he was terrible. Hey Perry, get a bowl and some milk because that guy is cuckoo for cocoa puffs, man. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that was clever. Um, he, he's, he was you know, first. Obviously, a smart erudite guy, but he is wrapped up in his you know, self-contained belief system and the, his logical construct. It's sort of wrong at every turn, but in a kind of subtle way, and you could see how he would kind of miss it. But he, but he definitely has his conclusion, and he's insulated it pretty well. Now, getting back to Neil Adams, though, for those of you who, who may not have noticed this, I had a, a fairly lengthy, ongoing email debate with Neil Adams, and I posted that um, on the notes page to that episode. So if you go to that episode with Neil Adams, Look at the notes page. There's a very long. There may actually be also be some additional uh, postings made to that, but there's you'll get you get a much better flavor for Neil Adams from reading that than from the interview yeah. because I had an opportunity to really push his back against the wall about some very specific facts and specific claims, and I tell you, he just got crazier and crazier yeah, and crazier a good read. the more I talked to him. <laughs> it is, and I actually asked him flat out. So Neil, so you think that. You've revolution, revolutionized basically every branch of science and that you're smarter basically than all working scientists. And he said, yeah, you know, the all working scientists are unimaginative boobs and I have a unique vision. He thinks yes. that. One flew east, one flew west. <laughs> <laughs> one flew over to his, the nest. His vision mostly concerns <laughs> Batman, but... <laughs> so, Steve, tell us what Neil has won. You know, we, get, we, we won us talking about him on the episode. <laughs> yeah, right? So, <laughs> I think he's won Congratulations. Enough. Steve, I wonder if he hates you now. He must. I, I, don't, I, I didn't get any uh, holiday cards from him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I did. <laughs> <Did> you, <laughs> you plan on having a, an email exchange with Wallace, Steve? Uh, I'm probably going to just write an article uh, analyzing his claims because right. I, I think it's worth it. So for those of you who sent in the forums that you wanted us to discuss that, uh, discuss the interview after it was over, look for Steve's article. Yeah, I mean, that's sometimes, you know, it's hard to do a debate. When you're interviewing something, because, you know, we have to be fair to them, it's not like there's a moderator and I'm getting 50% of the time. They actually get like 90% of the time, and if I'm lucky, I can interject here and there. And also, you really, it's hard to get down to the real nitty-gritty. In a, a, a written treatment of the, of the subject matter or a written debate, you can get much more detailed. You can make specific references. You can come back to claims and, and really work them out. So, And it also gives them a fair chance to respond yeah. to that in kind as opposed so, to when we talk yeah. about them after they're off right. the phone, <laughs> like right, we're right. doing today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're just reminiscing. I'm just saying. It's, it's, a, it's a good companion to an interview like that, is some kind of written treatment of, in more detail of, this, of the subject matter. So we have it for Neil Adams. You know, look, look, look for it for Alan Wallace. Uh, we also asked um, what, who is the most annoying and or hated pseudoscientist mentioned on the show. So this is not somebody that we interviewed, just somebody that, that has been mentioned in the last year on the show. Do any of you guys have I got opinion? a guy. I got a guy. Now, you don't really usually refer to this guy as a pseudoscientist, but he really is. It's that long dick dong stem cell guy. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Now, if he's not a pseudoscientist, you know, that, I mean, this guy, fake data, 
I mean, it was it was really horrendous what he did. Well, I mean, he could, he could he could have <laughs> set back to field years. It it was terrible. He pissed me off more than yeah. most pseudoscientists. So the the most uh, mentioned in our, from our listeners was Sylvia Brown, yep. the, uh, yeah. the, fake, yeah. the fake psychic who was just heartless, and Kent Hovind, who was the young Earth creationist who was who was pretty wacky. Currently in jail, isn't he? Currently doing isn't he currently hard, behind bars? Hard times. Well, my mine absolutely hands down is Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah. well, we know uh, that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Jay, you're still working on that interview. <laughs> Lining that up. Still for trying to butter. Polishing him up. my rifle, Perry's more like. That. <laughs> yeah, cut that out. Or um, <laughs> South Park did a good job on him. That's Jay's going to sure. be on a list. <laughs> Yeah, right. You can't we, push this. You can't push them too hard, or they they bite back with lawyers, man. I'm sick of being tired, afraid of lawyers. Let them fight. Uh, we're, we're not afraid. You know, in the U.S., we actually have very favorable laws because uh, if someone's going to sue us for slander, they have to prove that they have to prove that a we what we said was in fact wrong, that we knew it was wrong. That we lied deliberately and with malice, with the intention of doing harm. It's kind of a high bar. To make in, in England, it's it's very different. They just the it's uh, just preponderance of the evidence kind of thing. They, they don't have the burden of proof. The burden of proof is more on the person who's accused. So what kind of baloney is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's bad. I mean, the U, the U.S. Uh, legal standards much much better. So you know, sure, go ahead. You know, Kent Hovind, prove in a court of law that you're right and that we're wrong. Or <laughs> Sylvia, yeah, sure, prove that you have psychic powers in a court of law. And that I believe you have psychic powers, and I'm lying about being skeptical about them. Right. right. Nice talent. I'm not worried. Yeah, nice talents, <laughs> Sylvia, nice talents. Not yeah. worried about I threw it. that in. How, how good did ID do when it was in court? Yeah, right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> did great. Yeah, you could just submit a brief saying, it's already been disproven in court. There it is. So <laughs> I don't, it. We don't have to argue it again. Yeah. We asked our re- listeners about their favorite episode mm-hmm. this year, and that's tough. That's tough. It is tough. No, it was easy. The one they hit the ten thousand downloads. I picked one, Richard Wise. But that's, that was a, that was a very that good was episode. Good one. Jay, what's yours? Um, uh, it's episode thirty-two. But we talked about uh, it. Just was a really fun episode for us. We were all cracking up the whole time. We, it was the one where we talked about, uh, you know, if, if someone. Breathes, that exhales their dying breath, and then over a certain number of years, the molecules from that will spread everywhere. So you you will definitely breathe in molecules from that breath. Caesar's <laughs> final breath. And then yeah. we morphed yeah. that into uh, breathing in every <laughs> fart that ever happened. <laughs> right. And then, like, basically lighting up the whole atmosphere. It was just it just went insane. That was, a, that was a high watermark. Yeah. That certainly yeah, was. was, yes. I'm very <laughs> proud of that moment. I think I, I, I picked one... Um, Kind of at random, but it's it one that sticks out for me is the episode where we interviewed Jeannie Scott because yeah, yeah. I adore her and I think she's great. And also she's that's awesome. the same episode where we talked about um, Scientology superpowers, which yeah, oh, that will was never cease yeah, to right. amuse me. That was, that was awesome. That was a that good one, episode. Yeah. That was a fun one. Yeah. One of our listeners mentioned number 50, 67. Because of the ass reading discussion, yeah. that was the ass whisperer. <laughs> yeah, the, the ass, ass whisperer. <laughs> and also mentioned that's the episode where Steve getting pissed off at the TV show he was on. That's the one. Oh yeah. Where, oh uh, yeah. On the History Channel about uh, exorcism. Which was pathetic. Was was Don't terrible. start again. Uh. Don't get me started. <laughs> uh, a couple mentioned the episode where we interviewed Phil Plate, which kind of just dovetails with people liking Phil Plate yeah. as. 
That's the bad astronomer, for those who may not, may not know, uh, with liking him as a guest. One person actually said they thought that the episode where we interviewed Dr. Wallace, because it was just fascinating and uh, to, to, to delve into that, yeah. although I think that that's the sort of the, the Oscar effect where, you know, movies come out right before, right at the end of December so that they're fresh in people's minds when the Oscars come out. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, Wallace was sort of the last interview we did. How about our first episode? When's the last time you went back and listened to that, Steve? Uh, two weeks ago. Uh. <laughs> Same for me, yeah, two weeks ago. The first well, episode, never. man, was rough. It was, was rough. rough. <laughs> yeah, for me, it was <laughs> no, the first, the first, episodes ago. The first 20 or so were technically uh, challenged. <laughs> that was our learning curve. Yeah, we were like the little curve. rascals saying, hey, let's put on a show in the backyard. <laughs> hey, as you exit. <laughs> hey, as you exit. <laughs> yeah. So long, Krabby. So long, Krabby. <laughs> A couple of people said every episode was great, which is nice. That's great. Thanks, guys. And you're the yeah, and you're the person of the year too. (laughs) Then the the next one we said, who is the person who did the most to confuse the public about science or promote pseudoscience or paranormal beliefs? I got I got one. All right, George Bush. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Who's that's got you know choice. top of the list? Maybe. Because the, the key there, Steve, is that you said the most to confuse. I mean, he. Yeah. I mean, his sway was just so huge that you know I had I had to consider him. Sorry, Perry. Yeah. A few a few <laughs> listeners agreed with you. Some threw in Ann Coulter for good measure. Yeah. You know, by the way, Ann Coulter still has not answered my open public challenge to debate her <laughs> on evolution. Shocking. She's wow. dodging. I got to do an Ann Coulter clock. Yeah. Ooh, like, good idea. It's good. It's good, alliter- it's good alliteration too. The Coulter clock. The Coulter clock. I admit it's possible she may not have heard it, but even still. <laughs> uh, what are the odds, Steve? I have somebody. <laughs> Let's hear it, Jay. Uh, the Pope. The Pope is a good way? one because he right. because he he came Pseudo out embracing of ideas. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yep. Okay. That put him on the list. I I I think I have to go with Kevin Trudeau. Uh, yeah. we, we don't talk about much anymore but um and and for those of you just joining us he's the guy who put out the the book on cancer cures and the the cures they don't want you to know about oh that guy is terrible he's a con artist he's (laughs) yeah i i think he's prove me wrong trudeau (laughs) he he is a he is a total total heartless heartless scum con artist a couple of listeners agreed with that when they mentioned trudeau uh, I mean, you have to, like, someone's got to write a book just going page by page and debunking everything this guy says, because everything he says is twisted and wrong. Yeah. It's terrible. It's basically and, and what he's deadly. Doing, yeah, deadly. Yeah. He's right. just trying to foster every kind of conspiracy theory and fear and anxiety over big government and doctors and and big pharma, etc. And in their place, he's selling just this laundry list of nonsense. Yeah. It really is just, uh, you know... He is stealing people's health to line his own pockets. That's what it comes down to. Disgusting. What's the name of that professor from the University of Colorado that said we caused 9-11? Yeah, uh, Churchill. 9/11 Ward professor. Churchill. That's it, Ward Churchill. Yeah. yeah that guy. Yeah, he killed all the right people there. on 9-11. It was our planes. It was all us. We did it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's going to suck. Uh, we also asked what was the most unexpected scientific discovery or the coolest scientific discovery that pluto is not a planet anymore that was that was pretty big that was more of a decision than a discovery but yeah that was a it was definitely a science story of the year the whole debate about whether or not pluto should be a planet or not and it got of course demoted to a dwarf planet i do think in the end the right decision was made but it was emotional how about water on mars i didn't see that coming yeah, yeah. that's my vote water on mars <laughs> yeah, was i was 
Awesome. And that, uh, of course, that increases the probability yeah. there might be some microbes up there. And also dovetailing with that, just to, before we leave the water on Mars thing, dovetailing with that was the possibility of water on Enceladus, which is a moon of right. Saturn. Yeah. Although there's, there's some question about whether or not these plumes that are being seen right. are actually geysers of water. Maybe they're geysers of some other material and not water. But still, we could still hold out some hope that that's, there's liquid water on Enceladus. And that kind of fits in with my actual most unexpected scientific discovery, which beats all of those hands down. And that is the discovery of a furry lobster on the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. Snipply. <laughs> Snipply the furry lobster. No. I saw that one. I, I predicted it. I, I didn't You're tell so anyone to write lies. it down, but I predicted it. <laughs> I saw an octopus in a tree once. Yeah, I was, was going to say, can the furry lobster hold a candle to the tree octopus? <laughs> Nobody saw furry lobsters coming. <laughs> that that I, was cool. I love the name. What was it? Hirsutus or something? Yeah. Snipply. H-I-R-S-U. <laughs> that was yes. good. It's actually a crab, but yeah. The, uh, some some listeners wrote in the likelihood of interbreeding between early humans and Neanderthals. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a good. One. Uh, although actually, there was a related story which I thought was more interesting: the early breeding between human ancestors and chimp ancestors, much later than was previously thought. Remember the hot monkey love? Yeah, yeah. Hot <laughs> monkey <laughs> love. Get the hot monkey love. <laughs> Uh, the expanding, the increasing rate of the expansion of the universe was mentioned by a couple people. Was Wait, that that's not, year? that's more than a year old. Yeah, I thought that, I, thought that, I didn't remember that being this year. So I don't really understand it. The, uh, this new news about a possible, well, cure or treatment for diabetes. Yeah. Ab- about the nerves and the pancreas or. Yeah, that looks so, pretty good. All right, here's, I, the, here's the skinny it on that. did. There are the uh, you know nerves in the pancreas that regulate the, the secretion of insulin from the islet cells in the pancreas, and what they basically did was treat mice with a, with with diabetes with capsaicin, which is a chemical. It's actually the chemical that makes hot food hot. Right. And it, it kills right. nerve endings. That's why your mouth burns because your <laughs> nerve endings are literally on fire and burning and dying. Cool. Uh, and so they basically used that to deaden the nerve endings in the pancreas, and it reversed the diabetes in these mice. So suggesting that the nerve function was actually inhibiting the, re, the secretion of insulin from the islet cells, but the, the cells were still able to secrete insulin. It's a very, very interesting discovery. Nobody knew that the nerves had that much influence over insulin secretion. It, it, it remains to be seen if this will translate to diabetes in humans. In humans, if, yeah. If diabetes in humans is due to other problems, like the islet cells are dead, then this treatment will not pan out. So it's... Interesting, but you know, for every hundred things that are really interesting in animals, maybe one ends up actually really? affecting human, you know, tr- medicine. So I hope this is one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah you always you always take these with a grain of salt. Steve, do your nerve endings in your mouth grow back from hot food? <laughs> uh, no, that's why people get tolerant to hot food over time because they're. I, I thought the nerves. tongue was one of the most regenerative organs in the body. Yeah, but not the nerves. Okay. No, well, you know, capsaicin pretty much permanently kills nerve endings. Oh. It's actually used that way therapeutically. If you have yeah, but what dose? If you mean... producing pain, then that's the, you can use it to deaden them. So if I eat a little chili pepper, I'm killing nerves? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that right. sucks. <laughs> well, stop it. That's why people who habitually eat hot food can tolerate hotter food than people who don't. But do you actually lose taste? Do you, you become less sensitive to taste? Uh, well, what? most of your taste is actually in your olfactions, your oh. smell. So you... You don't lose the ability to, to sense flavor. Unless no. you're snorting capsaicin. Yeah, that's Rob, right. So at one point, you can just pour acid into your mouth, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. That's not too bad. Okay, yeah. back to the podcast. You can take that act on the road. <laughs> All right. 
couple more questions. The most unbelievable but true science or fiction entry. Mm. I liked liked the one, the the quantum computer that didn't need to be turned on to work. Yeah, that was good. That was was good. good. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. Steve, you know what? What about the ether? And the one about antimatter and medicine. Yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Jeez. My, the uh, one I, uh, the, I'm still mad about is that, that some buffoon said that our spines are antennas to some cosmic reality or some crap. Hyperdimensional matrix, the prediction. Our, our brains, yeah, are embedded that in was, hyperdimensional that matrix. Was that was crazy. just what the guy said, though, wasn't it? It doesn't matter. It still, <laughs> it still it was ridiculous. It's and it still unbelievable. Do you guys remember astronomers have discovered a giant intergalactic ball intergalactic yep. ball of gas 100 million degrees and 3 million light years in diameter? That's another one you got yep. me on, yeah, you bastard. Yeah, Bob, you had a hard <laughs> time with that. Now, for some follow-up, I emailed the lead author on that paper mm-hmm. and asked him a few questions. Mm-hmm. This is uh, Alexis, and he wrote back, uh, Dear Stephen, thanks for your interest in A3266. That is the designation. <laughs> And That's catchy. I wrote, what is the latest follow-up on the discovery? And he wrote, we have been working together with the scientists of German Virtual Observatory to make available these discovery data for anyone. We expect to get the web interface to fully functioning in the mid-February. Mm-hmm. So there you go. So the update is wait until mid-February. That guy sounds so <laughs> incredibly smart, it makes me sick to my stomach. Right. we got to do a follow-up <laughs> on that. What is your interpretation of this finding? Why is this gas cloud so large and so hot? And he wrote, the temperature of the fireball is typical for its class of objects the clusters of galaxies. Um, however, any such object is remarkable and astonishing. It sure is. Because the appearance of A3266 is, however, remarkable even for clusters of galaxies and is caused by the most energetic events in the universe after the Big Bang, a merger of two clusters of galaxies. I also, out of interest, asked, what would conditions wow. be like for star, for star systems within the cloud? And he said, the density of the hot medium is rather small, so on stellar scales it has little effect. The analog in our solar system is the solar wind. Yep. So it is likely that the local processes associated with the stars themselves are more important than the state of the gas on large scales. So basically, if you were inside this thing, you wouldn't even know it. So then, Okay. Yep. All they have to do is just call up Neil Adams. He'll tell them what the hell's going on. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> that ball's expanding. <laughs> what? There is no gravity. <laughs> There's another um, unbelievable but true science or fiction entry yeah. in the uh-huh. the... The one about what happened before the Big Bang. Um, yes, I didn't like that one either. Oh, yes. That was, yeah. that was some I do crazy remember that. shiznit. Yeah. Bob is still <laughs> whole, totally pissed off about that one. <laughs> yeah. Bob's, yeah, Bob's got a lot of pent-up frustration with these. Yeah. I know. He really does. It made no sense. Bob, we should throw the, more everybody money here, it. you're the only one. That Billions. <laughs> Bob, after, I hate, I hate, after we finish the podcast, you're the only one that sits there and like, God damn it, yeah, science or fiction, I'm not right. <laughs> I just I hate reevaluating what I think I know. Sacred cows, I was baby. Pretty pissed Sac- off about the cows. ether too. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the ether. We put that to bed. One you, listener agreed with you on that one. Pat. Do you notice how the, the freewheeling girl who just sort of takes it all as it comes is the one who's in the the lead? Oh <laughs> come on, you put, it out. You, you the guys temporarily, with ulcers. You, you temporarily <laughs> pulled back. ahead. You temporarily, temporarily pulled Bob, ahead. I'm sorry. You guys, you guys are, get too emotional about the science. Of you really. Do. Judgment. Yeah. Bob, yeah, Re- yeah. Rebecca's like a casino. The odds are in her favor, baby. No, uh, Steve, I'm That's, just going. It's true. Steve, I'm just. Go- all I can do is base base my answer on what I know. So, yeah. I mean, all right, what so else Bob, can I do? Thing. Should right, I flip Bob. a coin then? I'll just flip a no, coin. No, is that no, what you're saying? Bob, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> or, no, no, I know. Should I 
I guess I should try to divine, you know, what you would do, what, what kind of trick don't, you Bob, would do. Bob, don't do, like do that. Line. Don't do that. Do you I'm, hear yourself, Bob? I'm a living Bob? example of how that doesn't work. Go to the Akashic file. <laughs> yeah, Akashic file, Bob. There you go. Bob, Bob, Bob what do you in think? your defense, Bob, in your defense I, pick, I pick segments that sound too, uh, too unbelievable to be true. And if something <laughs> sounds that way to me, it's likely to sound that way to you because you and I read a lot of the same stuff. Right. And we talk about a lot of stuff. So, But I try not to second – I don't want to second guess you then because then you'll third guess <laughs> me and then I'll get all discombobulated. <laughs> because you know that I know that you that know. You know. <laughs> just just <laughs> to make move. your best guess. Just make your best Bob, guess. Bob, there's plenty of room down here with me. Just oh, me. God. <laughs> uh, that's a long all drop, right. Jay. The, the last survey question was to, to nominate the funniest segment on the show. This could either be a specific conversation we had or a specific – Segment of the show. All right, my, I enjoyed, I enjoyed thoroughly our Scientology superpower discussion. Yeah, that was that was, that a, was a blast. Yeah. yeah, that was good. <laughs> Sensing hunger, Bre- breathing in the farts was a funny. Well, yeah. Was there any votes on, from our readers, Steve? Uh, they they our liked. Um, I mean, I'm sorry, our listeners. The, the most common answers was any segment in which the panel ad libs. They like it when we chew the fat. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, and some people don't like that. Yes. Some people are like just give us the facts. I'm like, right. sorry, you're in the minority. A few people. Yeah, yeah. we we do facts, we do get facts. some emails. I do not like, that. like the humor in your program. Yeah, you please must delete. Stop it. <laughs> stop enjoying this. You know, do. <laughs> you must speak only of science. Oh, how about how about anything? the email? That woman critiquing Rebecca's humor style. Oh God! Oh, oh, God. God. That was hysterical. <laughs> wow. I'm I'm kind of sorry that. I couldn't read that on air just because it would have been so cruel. Right, just the hundreds of emails. Everything we got was this spelled year. wrong. And every uh, every email has been, <laughs> in its own way, uh, really interesting to read. Yeah, yeah. I love yeah, the I email. Love email. Getting the yeah. email. I love it. That's, that is the best part of the show. It's funny. It seems at work. All I'm doing now is reading these emails all day at work. It's like I got to read this yeah. one. Wait, I got time. I, I got to read this one too. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's our very our email mind. volume has exploded. Oh. Oh, it has. Our listeners. It has. Our yeah. listeners. We do read them yeah, it's all. Just we can't it. respond to them all. Right. We, right. we, we read everyone. Rest assured. We do. Uh, we do. There were the bacon segment got some mentions and the, uh, the, <laughs> monkey the bird. But I think <laughs> the, yeah, great. the monkey bird debate yeah. yes. this year, which was sort of this running gag throughout the whole year. I loved it when class got the most responses. When Rebecca revealed that she was a uh, vegetarian and Perry. For like ten minutes, or fifteen minutes after that, he was yeah. on the air. A vegetarian? Yes, <laughs> yes it was. And, and Rebecca, I didn't, the thing I didn't realize is, I was on the air. Rebecca, you don't you don't get maybe you know now, but you didn't, especially when this happened. Like Perry is a meat eater. Oh no, I've always wow, known. And when you, when you, I wouldn't have brought it up if I didn't know. So I mean, obviously, it's eat. fun to poke at Perry and see what happens. Perryans are. Perry. See, look, he's Perry, he's doing it now. Perry, when you order a hamburger at a diner, you say, "Give me the meat. I don't want the bun." Oh, just, please, I mean, I can't That's even. It's not kidding. It's the truth. The sexual arousal of steak is and the uh, drink is so evident. Did you say sexual arousal in the steak? Who said that? Wait a minute. Did someone? I'm, can someone rewind the tape? Meat there? and steak in the same. Yes, it was me, Steve. Pea eater, Steve. Yes, the cool skeptic of the year. Go munch some lettuce. I want to. I want to. I want to say that it's uh, South Park. Yeah, Ah, very good. Jay, the whole show. Yep. 
That's good. South Park had a lot of good skeptical episodes this year. They did. Always does. They Trey and Matt get it. Simpsons had a very good episode this year as well about uh, you know the the whole ID intelligent design versus uh, versus evolution. <laughs> How was that episode? In the courts, it was excellent. Actually, Family Guy did a really great ID clip too. I also have my favorite, most outrageous, illogical statement of the year. Okay, what is okay. it? <laughs> Basically, uh, it was the episode that we were talking about the caster out of demons, Father Amorph. And uh, he's the guy that said, of course the devil exists, and he can not only possess a single person, but also groups and entire populations. I am convinced that the Nazis were all possessed. All you have to do is think about what Hitler and Stalin did. Almost certainly they were possessed by the devil. There he is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Father Amorph. My most outrageous pseudoscientific claim, I think, would have to be the Balakim guy. Oh, he's awesome. The, the time-traveling chiropractor. <laughs> That's yeah. a classic. That was good. <laughs> I swear to God, I drive That's like a That's like a sitcom right there. <laughs> time-traveling chiropractor. Rebecca, I drive to work and I say that word and I laugh to myself. <laughs> Balakim. Love it. It's a good word. My, uh, my favorite uh, illogical statement... Uh, just recently happened with the Wallace interview. His his whole rant on the hundred millisecond delay between brain <laughs> correlates and subjective experience pointing to woo woo land. That to <laughs> me is like wow. I mean that's I mean that pretty much was the crux of uh, of a big part of his argument. That that delay to yeah. him was evidence that you know now now what I'd like to see is I like somebody I think actually sent an email on this. I'd like to see somebody have. Have the subjective experience and then have the the brain light up. Have you know? Have it the opposite order. Then that might be yeah. a little a little wacky. Oh, that's horse and buggy. That that's all horse and buggy. You're very unskeptical. <laughs> that, that's wait, wait, not yeah. what he's claiming though, because he's saying that the brain causes consciousness, so the brain activity has to come first. He's just saying that. Well, delay, yes. He's saying that that delay means it's not the same thing. But that's nonsense. Right. Because the, because the act the consciousness takes a hundred milliseconds to manifest. That's how fast. You know, nerve conduction. Right. Yeah, I, I'm not saying that. Happens. That's what. Yeah. That's what he was saying. I thought it was a funny uh, email that that guy sent us, but but for right, him, that right. 100 millisecond delay just was so important, and it just didn't make well, sense. Look, to I, me. I had lunch with C. Everett Coop, and he told me that you <laughs> said that he was. Yeah. He's on the. Do you guys want to hear the science or fiction stats to date? No. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, not particularly. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe somebody made a made a pretty chart w- about it. Yeah, this is Jason Etheridge, one of our listeners, took the time to crunch all the numbers. This is what he came up with. So this is, this is all. This is not just this year, but just on the Skeptics Guide to date, as of uh, updated as of episode number seventy four. So Rebecca isn't is in the lead, fifty seven point one percent. She's played thirty five games. Bob is fifty point nine percent of fifty five games. Evan thirty nine point five percent from forty three games. Ooh, above average. And here's where we fall below chance. <laughs> Perry at 29.1%, 48 games. And Jay, 24.2% from 33 that's games. Below oh, that's, that's below chance. It's below chance being 33%. What you know, the hell? That's not bad. I'm doing 49%. I, I, I'll get it up it's a little so, It's so <laughs> bad. Perry, Perry you're at 29%. A little below chance. Yeah, that reminds me of a Honeymooners episode, since Perry's so fond of coming up with a Honeymooner uh, shtick. <laughs> In one in one episode, uh, you know, Ralph, of course, had this uh, harebrained scheme that completely fell on it, you know, <laughs> fell on his face. And his defense to his wife was that no one's a hundred percent, Alice. Nobody's a hundred percent. And she's like, 
Yes, you are. You've been wrong every time. (laughs) (laughs) How many? How many times do you guys think that I stumped everyone? Ten times. Once out of fifty-eight games. Fifty-eight games. Six times. Six. Bob read it ten times. Yeah, I read it. Sorry, I read it. Oh, good, good, Bob. Well, Bob, out of fifty-eight games. I didn't mean to ruin that for you guys. We can see the way you get such a high score. Okay, so Rebecca wins. Everyone knows it. Everybody knows now. Yeah. So what do I get? Cheater face. You get Rebecca. Steve didn't tell you. Juicy hamburger. You get to (laughs) get our adoration and respect. No, you get to do two thousand seven with us. You get a yes. laurel. And oh, a hearty so handshake. you're gonna you're gonna keep me around? We're Is renewing your yeah. lease for a while. For a while. Oh, that's super. Thank you so you much. You stay. Gosh, Rebecca, you stay. Rebecca we're gonna here? ride you on this show until you get fat. Speaking of which, what uh, what are your hopes and dreams for 2007? For skepticism, science, the podcast, whatever. Your personal. Oh man, hopes. that's open ended. <sighs> Well, I want to see us do our next uh, project, which is so. Uh, Steve came up with the idea of creating a a media portal site that's going to handle uh, skeptical news, interesting science facts, and and also having uh, hopefully some very intelligent scientists writing articles for us, along with Steve and Bob writing articles. Anyone, you know, Perry and Evan too, and Rebecca. You know, I'm not going to do it, but get some smart people <laughs> to write articles. Um, it'd be it's going to be a cool project to work on because. It'll really be um, us shaping the kind of um, media that we want out there. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're hoping to uh, to go forward with really increasing our online content. I'm going to start a blog in the in the early 2007. Hopefully by January 1st, 2007, it'll be up and running. And uh, I I also uh, my personal hope is that we have the same degree of in- increase in our listenership as we did in 2006, yep. meaning that we have a tenfold increase. So 100,000? 100,000. In 2007, I like to be at 100,000 listeners. Is that even possible? <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's impossible. It defies the laws of the No, but you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I, basically, I, I, honestly, if we, if we pick up another 10,000 people, I'll be really surprised. Yeah, I would. I, mean, I would be happy if we got to 20,000 by the end of 2007. I think that's but a reasonable hey, goal. Dare to dream, dare to dream. Absolutely. My goal for 2007 is to marry a listener. <laughs> oh, oh my God! You're you just begging for it. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> now we're going to get 50 email proposals a day. I know. I could use the self-esteem boost. <laughs> yeah. Don't so you have enough computer screen? We should thank JD for uh, monitoring our board for us. Totally, J- yep. JD is doing a fantastic Woo-hoo. job. Thank you, Jay. And I saving me thanks for a all lot the, of time. Thanks for all of our uh, message board denizens. Uh, yeah, I'm the discussions there the are great. Steve, really I'm looking at that it. now. 648 registered users. Yeah. 12,218 yeah. articles. Wow, that's more than yeah. I realized. For just having it up for a few months, it's grown very quickly. And, and it's a good community. <clears throat> I would say my favorite, my favorite listener, dare I say this, <laughs> is Luna. Yeah, he's, he's he asks very good questions. I love all of his uh, input on the board, and he he cracks me up. He's a good dude. Plus, I he love them all. Sent you that check. <laughs> My goal for 2007 is to rescue a single person from gullibility and bring them into the light of reason. If we can do that, I'll be satisfied. Wow! If Loft, I could just lofty, reach one person, goal. it'll be all worthwhile. <laughs> Evan, before we forget, Evan, you have to give us the answer to last week's puzzle. Oh, right. The answer to last week's puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> well, the answer to last week's puzzle uh, is a gentleman by the name of Dr. Henry Slade. Dr. Henry, Henry Slade. Slade. 
a uh, charlatan <laughs> admitted so on his de- on his deathbed but he you know he uh, he had some a lot of a lot of people convinced uh, of his powers including uh people such as Napoleon the 3rd mm. who uh, who was so <laughs> impressed with his powers that he gave him a 3 carat diamond so wow. One, wow. one of the resources said that uh, as payments and apparently he he earned a lot of money doing this and you know people would give him jewels and money and and what you know, whatever, go broke? whatever else uh, he went broke, uh, basically squandered um, his his fortune. Uh, plus, later on in life, he was uh, robbed. <laughs> he was uh, mugged, and, mugged and robbed of uh, of what <laughs> what money a few a few thousand bucks that he had left. And he was actually left. It was kind of sad. Was, he was left paralyzed, uh, partially paralyzed after that attack, and he just had to live out uh, the rest of his life in. Uh, you know, obs- poor and paralyzed. Obs- yeah, and obscure and a bit of obscurity. But I guess uh, he didn't see that attack coming. <laughs> well, he was a fake from the get go, <laughs> but he faked some pretty. Imp- you know, and the most uh, interesting thing about that is that uh, you know, Alfred Russell Wallace, of all people, uh, apparently uh, was was uh, fell for it. Was, yeah, fell for it and stood up and defended him. I think it, I think it was Penn Gillette who said that the deathbed is the only true lie detector that we know about. Yeah. Yeah, probably true. Probably true. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, it was a great year. It was indeed. Thanks to all of you. So, yeah, what's you... the title of the year, Steve? That's right. We did ask people to title the year. This was the year of the what? To summarize the the skeptics guide and skepticism and science. What what is it that defines this year? And there was no real consensus. What do you guys think? It's the year of losing yeah. science or fiction. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very personal object. Yeah. Uh, the death of intelligent design was suggested. Oh, it's not. Mm. Um, it was definitely a Darwin-oriented year, so yeah. I think calling it the year of Darwin probably wouldn't be too far off. The year of evolution triumphing over intelligent design, at least for the time being. I think it's the year that the Skeptic's Guide uh, left its infancy and entered... Uh, Hopefully, what adolescence? Hmm. <laughs> Is that what comes after Matur- infancy? Maturity. Toddler. I think we came into our yeah, toddlerhood. I mean, number own. number eight on iTunes is uh, you know it's no, pretty good. No small feat pretty good. for science and medicine. Yeah. Well, it's you know, good. if if I may, I'm going to take ten seconds. Steve, you are our leader, our inspiration, and certainly uh, without this podcast, we we would you know not have a chance to do this without you and your leadership. And I thank you personally, and I know we all do, and look forward to a great 2007 with yeah, you. Great again. job, Steve. Yeah, that's really awesome. Your and effort. Any of us, any of us, could get hit by a train, and <laughs> and this podcast would go on, but not Steve. If he oh, gets hit by a train tomorrow, it's over. Thank you, guys. It's over. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's uh, there's no one else. He's it's, right, it's Steve. You know the, uh, the what the listeners really don't know is that. You really uh, do. You do all the hard work. I mean, you you're the one that produces the she show. Does after, all the editing. Yeah, all the post production. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know. In fact, the skeptical rogues are all fake. Yeah. It's just Steve. <laughs> Steve is actually a, a brilliant impressionist. <laughs> I'm a cardboard cutout. You know. Does all. And I can all? say that because I know that the audience won't believe me. <laughs> <laughs> so an excellent job, Steve. Yes, here, here, uh, here, here. Congratulations on your on here, here, our, the our collective the success. Nest. Thanks to your leadership. Thank you all. Thank you all. Thanks, Steve. It, it is a pleasure working with all of you. And, and <laughs> treasure. Really, I, I couldn't. I could not do this without all of you guys as well. You guys make the show fun, entertaining. You, you bring things to the show that I could not do by myself. So quite true. I appreciate all of you as well. Thank you, Doctor. And that's a that's a good sentiment to end on. Uh, Bob, you want to read a quote to end out the year? 
Yeah, quote uh, from one of my favorite authors, Isaac Asimov. Creationists make it sound as though a theory is something you dreamt up after being drunk all night. <laughs> because that's how they come up with their thoughts right? Right. <laughs> well that is our show for, for this week and that is the skeptics guide for 2006 we'll see you all in 2007 year. <laughs> yeah. good year good year bring your friends <laughs> until next year this is your skeptics guide to the universe The Skeptic's Guide to the Universe is produced by the New England Skeptical Society in association with the James Randi Educational Foundation. For more information on this and other episodes, please visit our website at www.theskepticsguide.org. Please send us your questions, suggestions, and other feedback. You can use the Contact Us page on our website, or you can send us an email to info at theskepticsguide.org. Theorem is produced by Kinetto and is used with permission. Problems.